My guest this week is Josh Rogers of the Illuminated Paths record label and of Broken Machine Films. I've wanted to get him on here for a long time. Um, if you've listened to a bunch of episodes of the show, maybe you can tell that I like to have people on that have some gumption, if you will and are trying really, really hard to do something right. Because if you do this music or art for a while, you realize, you know, how hard it is to just not have everything you've done be kind of like washed away and forgotten instantly. And it just takes so much hard work. And when I see people doing the work, it really means a lot to me, and I want to highlight their efforts. After we did this interview, which is obviously through the phone, as you'll be able to tell, um, he realized he forgot two upcoming releases he wanted to mention. One is an upcoming album by the rapper slash producer Passage, and one is a live compilation from the Illuminated Paths tour. Rap Round Robin tour is going well. We got Chapel Hill, Winston-Salem, Wilmington, Charleston, and Asheville coming up this week. The artwork this week, as always, is by Mike Riley at MikeRileyComics.com. And once again, we're being hosted by Splice Today, Check them out at splicetoday.com. Let's, Let's go, go in. Wait, wait, wait. I was born actually in uh, Morgantown, uh, West Virginia, and lived there probably the first eight years or so of my life, and then um, moved down south here. But what what was it like moving to Florida? Was it like moving to this paradise, or was it crazy? Uh, it, it was exciting. Um, yeah, because growing up, you always hear about uh, you know all the launches and everything going off at NASA. So come out this direction, it was it was exciting to move down here. But it uh, it was pretty um, life changing. Obviously, it's to pull your roots up. It's when you're that young, you're just now making those friends for life kind of thing, and then they just uh, uproot you and put you somewhere else, drop you right in the middle of everybody. It was right, a bit right. rough at, at first, but uh, you get used to it. What did your parents do? Uh, my father's in the, I guess you would say, hospitality industry. Yeah, the uh, I guess uh, tra he traveled around working at a lot of different hospitals, um, trying to run the ER there. And it's a pretty rough, uh, rough existence. He'd work the uh, graveyard shift in the local ER. So, uh, like, at what time did you begin to get this idea of yourself as this? creative guy uh, I don't know I, I, I'm a rather humble individual I try not to uh, you know talk about myself I guess too much uh, in, in that respect I, I just do I do what I do you know I, right. I can't help who I can't help who I am I, I think I started to realize um, 
that I had potential to do more than just, uh, you know, maybe a desk job or whatever uh, early on. I guess right before I moved to, to Florida, they were testing me and put me in the, the quote-unquote gifted program and uh, sh uh, shifted me around to different schools, uh, doing different tests and stuff like that. It, it was kind of cool. We got to meet a whole bunch of new people, you know, different people every couple weeks. But, yeah, it, uh, I, I knew that I was going to do something, something more than just uh, working at Domino's, uh, which I did work at. Fine place, fine place. Were you making music? Like, say, like in high school and, and stuff like that? Well, yeah, I, I think all of us, we, we all who have creative bones in our body try to do something. And, you know, we, we dabble in this, dabble in that. Uh, I tried to do a, a band in high school. We performed a couple times. I did lead guitar and vocals. But I realized early on that I need to leave that up to the professionals. You know, I... I um. I'd much rather sit back behind the scenes and then maybe help people with music, something like that. Um, much uh, rather do that than try and perform myself. Uh, I do these days create some music under Broken Machine Films Presents uh, yeah. moniker, but um, that's mainly samples and slowed down. I guess they call it chopped and screwed, things like that. Mainly beats. I like to add the things. Uh, these samples I'll, I've found probably over the last 14 years, uh, 15 years of uh, doing video work for bands. Uh, I'll find cool little video snippets, eight millimeters, uh, VHS pieces that I've never seen, and I'll, I'll sample those. Uh, that's that's mainly what I like. My base, what I like to create and use. The video stuff was was first. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I tried to get to, I got a couple film degrees. Uh, went to the local college and went out to full sail. Uh, but don't let that count against me. Uh, I guess they're accredited <laughs> accredited now. But um, it it was great. It um, opened my eyes to new equipment, things I would have never put my hands on. But I realized to do the things that you truly love, the things that you really want to do in life, man, you just have to do them. You, you can't. Uh, you, you don't need a degree. You don't need well, you need some money, to, some capital to start, but you need to just have motivation and gumption to do what you want to do. And I really right. should have followed that as opposed to going to college, you know, for four years, uh, trying to get a degree in something that you don't really need a degree in. You know, you just need to watch a lot of movies. You need to mess around with a camera um, and just have the drive to do things like that. D did you start to realize that at Full Sail, like, this is... Kind of a scam or something? This is probably the first day. Within the first three months, for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my, my parents were, of course, sold on it. And it's one of those things where you, if you don't go to college, you need to go here. And I'd, I had already had my degree from the local college. I was looking to branch out and do something different. But, um, no, they were, they were snowed by the whole thing. And, of course, they're like, you need to do this. So, of course, you know, got to please the folks. So I uh, took that route. It paid out uh, in the end. I got to meet a lot of cool people, and um, right after college, moved up to New York for a few years back and forth, um, just trying my hand at the film, you know, just uh, going on sets, uh, being a PA, working with a lot of uh, major motion pictures that were coming through about 2002 to 2003 or four, somewhere around there. Um, 
It was, it was pretty fun. Oh, but wow. I realized that it's not something that I really wanted to follow as far as creativity is concerned. It's, it's more of a, a guerrilla-style workhorse. You show up, you do your time, and then you go. No questions asked. Um, I realized that I wanted to do something more than that. And uh, so about that time, I decided to start Broken Machine Films um, with a buddy of mine, Dylan Marchetti, who worked with Amplify Films for a while. They put out that movie, uh, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. Uh, I don't know if you said they They put out a lot of oh, no. stuff. But, uh, oh, okay. He, um, anyways, uh, him and I started this company and just started doing videos for bands. Uh, we started doing videos for um, Dentel, Jimmy Tamborello from... Um, the Postal Service. Uh, that's oh, who wow. we started with, and uh, it was it was really fun, really fun times. But um, yeah, that's how I started on the video stuff. Is that becoming like a job as well, or or not really? Well, like like anything creative in today's society, you really you really don't make. You have to sacrifice. Know, your sanity, and uh, you really don't make much money at it, but at least you can yeah. get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, things are not that bad. So right, I, right. I'd much rather have that and live on somewhat meager means than uh, the other way around, which I have had before. Um, I've had certain jobs where I've, I made a pretty decent amount of money, but I just, the, it was nefarious type of work. So it was just one of those things where you just don't feel like you really want to, you know, you don't want to get up in the morning. You don't, you don't want to do these things. It's taxing on your soul. So I decided to do this. And, yes, uh, I am very happy that I have a lady that puts up with me and all of these, these things that I do. But um, I just follow my heart. I follow my soul and do what, do what feels right. So you said you're like, you know, seeing these movie clips and stuff and that's where you're like finding this audio for these samples so are you just like archiving them super well or something like how how are you like organizing all this audio i have um four no i have five external uh three terabyte hard drives that i load a lot of the footage onto i also uh, utilize piles of dvds just to put all the footage I find onto, and then I can utilize it, um, either create videos or use it as projections, which I've been doing recently uh, for local bands as far as, and, and uh, I've gone as far, I guess, as New York, doing projections for artists as they perform live. But like the music stuff you started doing? At this point, I probably have about 24 albums worth of material. I, I just, I'm very picky. I pick at things, just pick, pick, yeah. pick. So it, it's never really done. So really, I've been working on that a good 14 years, those albums. And sporadically, I'll put them out here and there. I might make a, a mixed cassette of some of the, the music and then just hand it out to friends or throw it at some shows, you know. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it with those. I, I think eventually I might put those out, but we'll, we'll see. But like the stuff that you have put out that you've given to me, you know, like it's kind of like an unknown genre of music. Like, like, did you have other influences of like, Oh, I'm going to do something similar to, to this or. I, I think that 
if anybody says that they've had an original idea, original thought, um, they, they're probably lying to you um, because right. your influences throughout your life, your environment, everything contributes to the creativity and the things that you create on your own. Um, so I'm not going to lie. You know, there's there's a lot of different artists. I, I could say even such artists as White Zombie um, using samples, uh, old Grindhouse, uh, Grindcore movie samples. Um, I, I could go on uh, from earlier or earlier examples of artists doing things like that, but it's um, I've always found it interesting. Maybe my ADD is coming out of me. I'm not sure. But I love things to just switch up every minute or two. You know, don't don't make it boring. Keep it interesting. Right. That's that's why it's every if I put out an album, it's like 36 tracks, 40 tracks, because it's all minute long, minute and a half long, little really interesting ambient samples. Um, I, I liken it to I guess I call it retro femoratic. It's, it's kind of you're reaching back and you're grabbing something that really was only meant to be used maybe once or twice um, and then just tossed aside. I like to breathe new life into things like that because um, maybe it was cool, you know, and, and it shouldn't have been just lost to time. So I try and bring it back, you know. And were you, like, finding other people that were doing similar things at the same time? That's kind of how, I mean, Vaporwave and kind of how Illuminated Paths and things like uh, that, the, the label Illuminated Paths came together. Uh -huh. um, it was just a bunch of like-minded people doing things like that. I could Another example would be early tobacco videos or Black Moss Super Rainbow videos where they would just use old 80s stock that um, obviously isn't meant to be used for that. And it's right. cut back and forth and sped up, slowed down. Um, it reminded me a lot of when you'd have a wonky VHS when you were younger. You know, maybe your favorite VHS, you recorded a show, and then you rewound it to try and watch it, and it just it was all jacked up. And um, so I guess it's more nostalgic as well. Back then, those things used to piss me off, and now, you know, I do it for a living. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I know you don't like to, like, push this term too much or anything but was that like the the first label to kind of put these vaporwave guys out uh not really the first i think we all kind of came together there were other labels such as alanthus recordings um a fortune 500 uh labels like that spf 420 um those type of cats were all kind of doing this type of thing, but on their own in little groups. And it right. kind of brought all of them together and just created this soup of, uh, I guess, what they coined later as Vaporwave. So it's, it's just kind of a bunch of kids, you know, young adults kind of taking things from our childhood, um, VHS samples, um, old movies, things that uh, we found interesting that were on at 3 in the morning. Um, and then mixing those up, slowing them down, giving them an, a decent beat, maybe the beat we envisioned it should have had, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, heavily influenced definitely by, you know, um, you could say John Carpenter, um, you know, just that, that type of synthy stuff that was coming out around that time. And, it, you know, you slow that stuff down. I mean, I, I think, uh, Dan, I sent you a something I was working on, 
um, using an old Dolly Parton song. But of course, you know, you can't use something like that unless you want to pay the rights to it. But um, if you just uh, slowed down uh, Jolene to 33 and just listened to that, it, it begs to be a hip hop song. It's right. It, it just sounds perfect for that. Um, but it's things like that that they would find, uh, the, these kids and myself and friends, as, as we went around over time. And uh, we didn't know what to call it. It, it, just, it just happened. And I guess it kind of caught on with uh, artists such as St. Pepsi, uh, Luxury Elite, people like that. Uh, they were getting tracks on MTV, too. Um, so it, it, it kind of just exploded for a moment or two. You know, they could say Vaporwave is dead. But I think it's like any genre, it's evolving. I mean, it, it, it never, like any good genre, it never stays the same. You know, it, yeah. it, it's evolving into something new. That's another reason why I was so interested in it, I guess. It's just taking something old, making it new again, making it your own, and, um, you know, moving on, evolving. These albums you've given me and stuff by these guys, like, it's like sample based and like loop based music, but it's in a way it's very like un hip hop. Like it's like you can kind of tell these guys like don't really care about like the best way to like chop up a sample or like you're getting into that. You know that that question. I was hoping you'd ask me this because I was thinking about this earlier. What what really would lead me to think that this this is even hip-hop or anything like something to that effect, to even put it as a genre, something as such. I, yeah. I, I think it might lead back to my first exposure to hip-hop. Uh, it, I don't think it's sacrilegious that the first thing I heard was, uh, was it License to Ill? Right, um, right. And I was young, so I was, I was in the hills, of West Virginia, we didn't have exposure to anything that was beyond country or anything like that. So when friends of mine, younger friends, their older brothers would come upon, you know, License to vinyl or whatever, it was this cherished thing. We'd, put, we'd go down in the basement to, when everybody was asleep, you know, put it on because it was raunchy. You know, they said whatever they wanted to say, but they were corny. And I think that's what really got me as a as a kid. You know, I was like, oh, it, it made it more listenable. They, they 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 were able to laugh at themselves. Yeah, it's like Mad Magazine of rap or something. Oh, well, and that was my favorite magazine growing up. You know, I had <laughs> yeah. every magazine that came or every Mad Magazine that came out on the stand, I had to be out there and pick it up that first day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of cornball in a way, but it's serious. You know, they have something to say, and it, and it, that always struck me as something different from what the pop they're playing on the radio. Um, so I, I I gravitated more towards because I was a kid. It was hard for me to find these you know rated R cassettes. You know, parents' uh, parental guidance. So you know, I, I got into things like Weird Al Yankovic because. He was covering songs that I liked or that I heard on the radio, but they were kind of cornball. Um, and I think those types of things is what opened my mind up to this doesn't have to be so serious. And that's kind of what I got into with the sampling and things like that is that, you know, you can't really take everything so seriously. And nowadays, a lot of the hip-hop guys are reaching back into those really weird, almost haunted-style samples. Um, slowing things down, putting them backwards. 
Um, and I love that. It's, it's almost like they're mixing genres in a way. Um, it makes it so it's not even hip hop. It's becoming something, something different. Right, right. And so that's that's kind of where I go when I I give these songs maybe to, to what would be quote unquote hip hop artists or friends of mine that I know. But I just have a feeling that they can do something with these, you know, more so than what I could do with them. For illuminated paths, like what did you think it was going to be? Like say, like where did you envision it going? Well, it started out me just doing video work for for artists, and I yeah. kept hearing about this label popping up, Illuminated Paths. Um, they're they're doing this this synthy wavy music, um, kind of beachy. Sounds like washed out. Uh, the artist washed out, and um, like ah, well, you know, I'll check it out. And I contacted the guy running the uh, label, Wes uh, Wes Abels. He's also from a uh, he's also an artist called Public Spreads the News. Um, he's worked with a couple of vaporwave artists as well under different monikers, but uh, he wasn't really doing anything with the label. He was kind of putting out a couple of albums and not really charging for anything on the band camp. It was all free. It was all donation. It was all uh, no cassettes. Um, it was just digital downloads, just these kids kind of just sampling stuff. Yeah. And like I said, and then that's when we got into the whole, well, let's all get together and do, you know, because you're doing this, Fortune 500's doing this, you know, other other labels uh, were doing this kind of thing. Let's let's pull together and do something. And that's kind of where that all came about. And um, Wes didn't really want to run the label anymore. Um, he had other ventures coming up, and he was just going to let it fall to the side. And I, you know, picked up the reins. I said, I don't think this thing should just fall to the side here. I think it has potential. So um, I did a few things to the label, changed the format, and um, here we are. So as you sort of get involved, like, how often are you guys releasing something? Well, Wes pretty much isn't um, involved much with the company anymore. He's got his own thing now. He lives yeah. in Nashville. Um but I'm living down here in Florida. And really what I try and do is we get submissions. I mean, I would say probably around 30 gigs worth of submissions a week, and that's just an MP3 form. So I have to go through all of these. And and like any artist that sends things to Illuminated Paths, I always promise to listen to it at least twice because that's only fair. Because Mm. maybe the first time I heard it, I wasn't in the mood. Um, that's not fair to the artist, so I give it another shot. And then if it's if it really seems like something new, something creative, or I really see a spark in this artist, I, I see that maybe their next album is going to be the one or whatever. I'll, I'll put this out because I I want that's why it's called Illuminated Paths. I want people to come to this and then listen to this because I believe in it. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily this is going to be the next big thing. That's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking to open people's eyes to different types of music, different styles. We get stuff from all over the world. Um, some of it's uh, really, really good. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love that about my job is uh, I just get to hear so much, so much music from all over the world that I would never have exposure to otherwise. And how often do you release something? I would say um, I try and keep it manageable, manageable, but I think about here recently, we're going to have 
to cut it back just a touch. We do. Uh, I try and do about three releases a week. That's but what I thought. It, and uh, what I normally do is I spend, uh, as soon as the sun comes peeking through, I go to my office and um, just start my day, and I just start promoting these bands. I'll um, send uh, links out to, we have lists of reviewers we know online and magazines, and then we just um, will send them weekly updates of the releases that we were putting out, um, just try and really get the word out there. I, pound pavement for these guys because uh, I do what I do because I believe in what they do. So I, I believe that people need to hear it. Like, how do you guys, or how do you produce the tapes? Do you, is it manual? Well, as a matter of fact, what I do also, if I'm not promoting, is I go out to thrift stores. I'll travel up and down the, the Space Coast. I'll go uh, out of state I handpick used cassettes that are old Maxells, TDKs, whatever, that someone used preferably in the 80s, maybe late 70s, early 90s as mixtapes, put together some music on it they like listening to. And I'll take those and I will record over top of those um, using the new music that uh, I have, whatever album this, this new album is that's going to come out on Illuminated Paths. I'll create a master cassette. And then I'll listen to it and I'll make sure, because what I'm looking for is I want to bring back that vintage sound. I want it to sound like it's old. I love the right. pops, the wheels, the, the, the tape pulling, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. That's, it adds character to the music, character that I think has been lost with all these iPods and uh, MP3s and perfect sounding music, um, you know, because life isn't perfect. So I, I, I like these imperfections. And so I try and I'll take that master cassette and then I have a daisy chain of 16 cassette recorders that I have connected and they'll just use the master cassette and go down the line and then you utilize TDKs, Maxells, whatever. I find some really interesting um, used cassettes actually in my travels. But, but you find enough for like every release? Well, it gets a bit rough. I mean, sometimes I might have to go to eBay, and I'll, um, they, they have stock, vintage stock cassettes that you can get that are from the 80s, from the late 70s. Uh, you know, they, it's like a hundred of them or whatever, but uh, when you use those things, you can tell that they're old. Because, I mean, it, it's right off the bat, you can hear the pops and the squeals. And, yeah. Uh, and then, so that's what I'm looking for. If 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 the release is popular enough and it's hard for me to keep up, you know, I'll, I'll go that route. And okay. sometimes I even step it up. Uh, for example, our luxury elite St. Pepsi split, uh, look, it's called the late night delight. That's probably our biggest, biggest release. And I go through a company to have the cassettes dubbed uh, and sealed. So I, cause it's just, we go through too many of those as I can't keep up with that. But uh, it's it's released like that. We got a few more that are pretty big like that that I go through. Uh, it's the NAC, and uh, they take good care of me, and they give me a decent price, and I try and give uh, you know pass that on to the people who come to us uh, a decent price as well on cassettes because it's kind of a, a niche, genre, you know, a niche uh, medium. Right. But I think uh, people are warming up, warming back up to it. At first glance it almost seems impossible to release all that stuff 
release three albums a week and just like listen to all these these demos and stuff every week like it's uh, called about uh, four hours is maybe three hours of sleep a night you know and i always say okay. to myself i'll uh, sleep and i'm dead kind of thing i have a uh stereo in the bathroom of course i got a stereo in the uh the car and two stereos in my room i got uh two stereos in the house and two in the office so yeah, I want to make sure that I will always be exposed to music because that's what I do. Do you feel like that takes a toll on you, or or no? Well, I mean, I guess I'll know in a few years. You know, we'll see how how badly it beats me down. I I still have high hopes, and I still enjoy what I do. It's it's a lot yeah. of work. I mean, it, it really is. Um, maybe people didn't don't really understand how much work really goes into prepping a release and putting it out. Um, and then having to deal with 200 plus artists um, every other day wanting to hit you up for something or what have you. But right, I take right. everything with a smile because I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this because I believe in what they do, no matter how quirky they are personally. Because I understand that artists, to be creative, I think you also have to give up a little bit of your sanity. Do you break even with the label? Do you make some money for yourself? Do you lose money? Like, how how does it go down? Well, I'll I'll be honest with you. My my lady gets on me as well about it. Maybe sometimes it should be a hobby, but uh, this is my life. This is what I've dedicated my life to. Yeah, I it pretty much breaks even. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the American dream. I, I think yeah. these days, you know, the pick the picket fence, you know, the the nice lawn and everything. That that's all a pipe dream. The, those things don't really exist anymore these days. But I think that you should at least in life shoot to be comfortable. And that, that's right. all I really want is just some kind of even Steven line. And that's that's totally fine with me. I'm I'm not looking to, you know, make a billion dollars and, you know, live in you know, live with Trump in his big gold tower. I just uh, you know I just wanna do what I love doing and um, you know, not be too uncomfortable doing it. It hit me like a couple of weeks ago, like just listening to stuff on the Bandcamp page, it hit me like what a risk you're taking in a way. Like if each release lost a hundred dollars, which many releases that people put out do, you know, like you would be out like four thousand dollars or something. That's why I try to keep it at like three releases a week. I mean, a lot of times, some weeks, uh, people don't really bite on anything. Right, and right. That's, it's okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't put these out because everybody's going to like it. I put it out because I like it, and I want you to hear it. And yeah. hopefully you'll like it, you know. Um, I, I, I do take a risk, and I spend my whole day taking that risk. But the reward to me is... Uh, Far extends money. You know, it's, 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 I feel like I'm helping. I, I feel like I'm keeping these cassettes out of a trash dump somewhere, you know, out of a landfill somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm helping in, a, in, in many more ways than I think I even understand. And that, that oh, yeah. that's okay, you know. Like anytime I would get a package from you, it would be like, there'd be like the Yo MTV raps trading cards in there and like, like all this other stuff. And have you kept that up? Well, that's another thing that takes a lot of my time is I try and be specific with these people's orders because it is their money and they're taking time to listen to what I do and what my artists do. 
So I feel that I owe them at least a little bit of respect taking some time and putting their package together, not just throwing a cassette in, a, in an envelope and swinging it their way. I, I mean, anybody could do that, you know, but right. I, I want them some, to have something personal. So what I try and do is over probably the last maybe 20 years plus, I've just been collecting boxes of ephemera, things that I would just in brochures, uh, business cards, stickers, uh, little toys. As, as I travel around, I, I, I try to travel a lot, like I said, with bands and things like that. So as I'm at different places, I'll just pick up piles of stuff. And then um, with the intention, at the time, I had no idea why I was doing it. But now I realize why. And it was to, mm. to, put, into, to put into these packages. And uh, it's, it's a little bit of me, you know, in, in everything that I put out. But... Um, yeah, people seem to like it. Uh, I'll put pogs in there, um, personal little notes to the people. At, let, let's say they live in Connecticut, I'll, and I have personalized Connecticut pogs or something. I'll put a couple in there. You know, I, I try and uh, keep it specific to them. It's amazing you can keep it up with all these releases, you know? It's, well, you know, like you've hit the nail on the head pretty much. It's not, uh, not that easy because it's just me these days. But um, I, I, I think I had a pretty good hold on it. it. It only sets me back, I guess, when I go out on tour for a couple of weeks and I have to come back and then try and fill all these orders. But um, people seem to be pretty understanding. I've only really been ripped a couple of times on Reddit, I guess. Uh, but uh, who doesn't get ripped on Reddit these days? I just for what? Well, I try and take everything with a grain of salt. Um, some artists don't like the way I do things. Uh, and um, just thanks to that effect, I mean, I'm sure anybody out there listening or yourself as well, you could just uh, search Eliminated Paths Reddit, and you'll, you'll find what I'm talking about. Oh, it's like, he put Pogs in my, <laughs> my album or something. No, it's, it's just a lot, of, a lot of accusatory jargon, and it's just because people really don't, I guess, like it when you're, you're making something of yourself, when you're trying to do more than, than maybe what you were supposed to be doing. They, they want to tear it down rather than talk to you about it or try and solve the problem. They would much rather tear you down. And uh, some of these artists, they don't really give you a chance to explain yourself or explain what's going on. They just start slinging insults or uh, accusing the label of doing specific things that we certainly don't do. Um, if, if anybody's album does well, the artist is always the first to know. But right, if you right. don't hear from us, that doesn't mean that we're stealing your, your Scrooge McDuck money, or that we're Scrooge McDuck and we're swimming <laughs> right, in a right, pile right. of vaporwave cash. Right? <laughs> it's, just, it's not happening like that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, they, they think if they don't hear from us for a few weeks or whatever, that we're, we're stealing from them or something to that effect. And it's really not the case. I mean, it, any of the artists that come on to the label, I make sure they get at least three-plus uh, free cassette copies of their release because I want them to make some money on their end. Uh, at the very least, they can make some money off of that. I pay for shipping, obviously, and the product itself. Yeah. There's a lot of other things we do for our artists as well with the promotions and the, getting it into reviewers' uh, eyes and ears, things like that. But um, no, we don't. We don't ask our artists to pay us anything at all, and we don't retain the rights to any of their music. So if they don't like what we're doing, they can just go somewhere else. Um, right. We're, we're right. just trying to get ears and eyes on what they do. 
Yeah. So, and I don't want to get into some legal wrangling about this or that because we got 200 plus artists. That's something I certainly don't want to get into. Yeah, if things don't work out, then they get cut loose, and uh, some artists don't like that. You know, you're saying like 200 artists. Do you imagine that it's just going to be more? Like it's just going to be like four years from now, there's like 400? As long as I guess I can keep it up and as long as the fan base is there keeping us going, then um, I'm willing to do it as long as, uh, as long as I got it in me. And like I said, yeah. as long as uh, there's artists out there that want to get their name out there, I mean, we get thousands of plays a day on, on all of our various uh, websites and platforms. That's what we're here for. I know you, you've done these two tours recently, like th- these illuminated paths, like showcase tours. Like how did they, how were they? Well, in all honesty, man, they're awesome. You know, you get to meet uh, new people. You get to, uh, I do projections at these things uh, for most of the artists that are performing. So uh, I get to get my creativity out and I get to talk to these people who listen to the label. Um, from every town that we go into, we get a decent following. I mean, it's, you know, anywhere from 20, 30 people, somewhere around there. It's, it's it, at, on the low end, but it's, it's not really about the amount of people. You know, it's just, it's what you do with them and with their ears. Right. And if, if there's two people in this city that's at this venue really enjoying what we're doing, then that is all that matters to me. Any specific plans, uh, like like stuff that's coming up you want to mention? We got uh, Illuminated Paths and Broken Machine Films always has stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, probably every other day I'm checking out, like I said, new music, um, trying to set up things where new people are coming out. Have you heard of Gila Monster? Yeah. He used to tour around with Alias uh, back in the day. Got something coming out uh, from him, some lost recordings. Oh, awesome. Here within the next few weeks, uh, we got Milieu coming up here. That's Brian Granger. Oh, uh, he's known as a whole lot of other monikers, but a very creative cat. But yeah, continue to check us out. Uh, IlluminatedPaths.bandcamp.com. Um, we're always updating every week, at least. I I guess that's about it. Thank you so much, man, for setting it off. Well, Mr. Dan, I appreciate uh, you showing interest, man. I've always uh, loved what you do. But yeah, I'm very humbled that uh, you had me on, Mr. Dan, hype man. We always love you down south here in Orlando, and uh, always miss you when you're not around, man, seriously. And uh, thanks again for having Illuminated Paths and Broken Machine Films on your sweet podcast. All right. We'll see you next week.